right, let's bring it back together. Bring it back together. So I, I think there's a lot in this passage um, to, to unpack, talk about. Um, I mean, we could talk about uh, all this stuff about the, the, you know, the Noah and the ark and how that's an image of a new Eden, God in creating a new Eden, the possibility of making a new humanity. We could talk about the Daniel 7 kind of reference here at the end where the Son of Man comes and he sets up a throne alongside the throne of Yahweh and he judges evil and he rules with righteousness and a scepter of justice. We could talk about all those things, our hope being connected to this eschatological reality that's in the future but being brought into the presence, uh, into the present. We could talk about all that stuff, but today I just feel like we got to talk about karma. That you get what you deserve in this world. Instant karma, man. You get what you deserve, an eye for an eye and a tooth for the tooth, and it's cyclical, and this is the way the world operates. This is how, it, this is the normal operating procedure. If I hold the door open for someone, guess what? They're probably going to hold it open for me. If I slam it in their face, they're probably going to slam it in my face. Businesses, I scratch your back, you scratch my back. Politics, insult for insult, mudslinging. We hurt those who hurt us, and even for religions. We appease the God and goddesses, and we attend the services, and we make the sacrifices just so that we might have a positive response from some kind of deity. And if we get it wrong, karma, the evil that we do is revisited upon us. This is karma. You get what you give. This is the way of Babylon. This is what Peter says. This is the way of Babylon. This is normal operating procedure. You repay evil with what? Evil. Insult with insult. F you with F you. Right? Tell the truth, somebody. And we know we're made for peace. This is the problem. We know, we, we know we're not supposed to do that. But somehow we still operate with violence and bitterness and vengeance. And even if you're not like me and, and, and want to just always slap people in the face, you wish you could. Right? You imagine it. You fantasize about it. You have this little fantasy life. And it's like, mm-hmm. I know exactly what I would say to you if I had the courage to say something. But I don't. So I'm just going to back away and pretend like nothing happened. This is normal operating procedure. This is karma. And this is how the world has worked for era after era, civilization after civilization. It's repetitive. Babylon after Babylon after Babylon. You get what you deserve. What you put in, you receive back to you. Evil for evil. Violence for violence. Insult for insult. Until Jesus comes onto the scene. And he interrupts the karmic cycle with grace. And that grace costs him his life. The only way you interrupt violence for violence, violence for violence is with your own death. You give something they don't deserve. You give them grace. That's what grace is. It's a gift that is undeserved. You did not earn it. It's a gift. The mechanism for grace to interrupt the karmic cycle is the cross and it costs Jesus his life. That's his way. That's his counter-cultural kingdom way. His counter-Babylon way. And his way is not our way. Our way is karma, revenge, and insult. 
kingdom culture interrupts the karmic activity of Babylon with self-sacrificing grace. Kingdom culture, Jesus' kingdom culture interrupts karmic activity with self-sacrificing grace. And he invites us into that same culture. That's what Peter's getting at here. Jesus' people look like Jesus. They bless evil and insult, and it costs them everything. The kingdom way, the culture of the kingdom, the way of the elected exiles is the way of the cross to bless evil, to pursue peace. And this almost seems impossible. I mean, if we really look at the landscape of the world and the landscape of our lives and our own hearts, it's like, that's not going to happen. To react to violence with blessing, evil with blessing, insult with blessing. When that Facebook com post comes across your thread, and there's so many things to say in response to that Facebook thread. or So many ways to react. Uh, maybe if there's teachers in here, you know that parent who comes and falsely accuses you of hurting their child because they failed a test they didn't study for. And they come for your job. It's hard to think peaceful thoughts and pursue peace when someone's coming for your job under false accusation. And of course, I, I don't know about you, maybe you're holier than maybe you're holier than I am, but if someone does this ever happen to anybody else? It happens to me on quite a regular basis. Man, F you. Right? And then how do you think? Now I don't I don't I don't use that language. I, I, don't, I don't like that language. This, but in my heart, I'm like, first of all, I, I'm like, I want to clarify. Like, wait, are you talking? You're obviously not. Oh, you're talking to me. Well, then, in my heart, it's right back at you, brother. That's the only, that's the only response. I'm not thinking, man, bless you. I'm thinking another you. Not bless you. And the best we often do, the best, best, the best version, our Christianized version, our sanitized version of Babylon is we pretend nothing happened. That's our best version. Nah, it, it doesn't matter. It didn't happen. It's not really evil. But this text says it's evil. This text doesn't be like, oh, we just have to pretend that the evil is not evil. It says the face of the Lord is against evil. God is very fully aware of that evil. And of course, Daniel 7 comes back around at the very end of the passage. He rules with a scepter of justice. That's the reference. So that, that, oh, it's coming. Vengeance is the Lord's though, and it's not ours. But when we operate with Babylon, we think we are the ones. We are the son of man who sits on a throne with a scepter of justice and know what is right and what is wrong. And we have the power to do something about it. And Peter is saying that way is not our way. It belongs to Jesus. The Jesus way leads us, his people, to a cross. Jesus is calling us not to just ignore evil, but to actively give a gift of blessing to evil. What the heck? I don't want to do it. Do you want to do it? No. It kind of sounds stupid. This is Sermon on the Mount kind of stuff. This is just, I mean, this is just Bible being repetitive here. If someone hits you, you turn around and you give them another shot. If they take your cloak, you give another cloak. If, you, if you're forced you to walk a mile, you say, man, it's a nice day for a walk. Let's go another round. That's Sermon on the Mount. And 
just turn to your neighbor and say, man, this junk's hard. This passage is hard. Turn to the other name and be like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Someone punches me in the mouth. I don't know. I'll tell you what, man. When, someone, when I caught somebody in my van trying to steal my van, I wasn't thinking, man, bless you, brother. Man, just blessings on this evil you're doing to me. I was ready to swallow somebody up. I came out. I was like, let's do this. I'm like, I know the Bible, and I pray. And immediately, I'm like, I'm going to do violence to this person right now on my front lawn. Until I realized, I was like, he don't look scared. And then it became self-preservation. I was like, so it's cool, man. It's cool. Bless you. Bless you. It's good, man. Here's the keys. Here's the keys. Just don't, man, don't bust out the column. Come on, man. Just take the keys. Stuff's hard, man. But we got to remember the beginning of Peter, man. We're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. To declare the praises of him who's called you out of darkness into his wonderful life. Once you were not a people, but now you're a people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you've received mercy. He calls us to bless evil with what we have already received from him. The blessing that comes from him we now extend to this evil world. That is what he's calling us to do. Because let's be honest, your love tank is this deep without Christ Jesus. Your mercy tank is maybe that deep. <laughs> your ability to bless evil is literally almost nothing. Unless you're God's special, unless you have first received this blessing. You love because you were first loved. This is 1 John. You love because you were first loved. You sacrificed because he sacrificed for you. You can, your tank is now full because it's not your tank. You're borrowing on the, the, the Jesus, the Messiah tank of love and mercy and sacrifice. We are called to bless evil out of the blessings we first received. Your microchurch is called to actively bless evil out of this text. Sometimes we wonder, like, what's my calling? What's my calling? Well, I mean, he literally says, because of this you were called. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing. Because of this, you were called so that you might inherit a blessing. This is why we're called. And if our microchurches have no framework for understanding when evil comes, when Babylon comes, when insult comes, and we have a framework of Babylon, I will now return evil for evil, insult for insult, then we are not in line with our callings. Our calling is to not just ignore it, or not just pretend like it's no big deal, but to actively respond with a blessing. Father, forgive them. They do not know what they do. This is the image of Christ. He's calling us into this image. Our calling to be his people, to exist on the earth, is to bless evil. But don't get Peter wrong, just to reiterate, he calls it evil. So let's not pretend like some games like, it's not really evil. And the Lord's face is against it. And the Son of Man is coming to rule with a scepter of justice and righteousness. He will judge, as the creed says, both the quick and the dead. And so we hope in his judgment. So we don't return road rage with road rage, but we bless it. I, I didn't hunt a guy down this past week because of this stupid passage. He cut me off, pulled over, flipped me off. I had no idea what I did. 
maybe I don't know. I was in the same lane for three miles. Made him mad. I was like, I'd like to go talk to this guy. And by talk, I mean yell at him. By yell at them, probably get in his face. But I thought of this passage. I said, you know what? I'm just going to pretend like it didn't happen. I didn't even obey it. I didn't bless him. I was just like, mm. try to be a Christian. And I didn't even do that well. Don't return cutting line in theme parks with fantasies about losing their wallet. You know what I'm talking about? You see those people cut line? You're like, mm-hmm, I hope you lose your wallet. It's the anti-blessing. Don't wish for, seek out revenge when things are stolen in a business contract or business deal or from your backyard. And don't return the vilification of politics for the more vilification of the other during the 2020 election. Because it's going to happen. We're going to vilify each other. And we can return vilification with more vilification. Or we could try to figure out a way to bless evil. And just so you know, vilification is evil. We're called to actively repay evil and insult with blessing. So whatever your reaction is to having this passage, yes. I hope your reaction is like, oh, I don't like it. If we think hard enough, we don't like this passage. We don't. It's too hard. I don't like it. But we're still challenged, commanded in this passage to be like Jesus, to look like him, to act like him. And of course, the question is how. I just want to be clear. I think it's inappropriate for us to tell each other exactly how to pursue peace or to bless evil. I don't know if we have, uh, we're not the Holy Spirit. <laughs> so we need to challenge each other. Man, like we, you need to pursue peace. You need to bless evil, like actively. Figure that out. I don't know what that means. I don't know how to do it. This brother um, was falsely accused of sexual assault. Lost his family, haunted by the cops. Lost thousands of dollars, lost his job, spent time in jail, long time in jail, under a false accusation. Became homeless for a long time, under false accusation. And just this past month, was exonerated. Exonerated from false accusations. Now, there's been a lot of evil done to this brother. And I think it might be inappropriate for me to tell him exactly how he needs to pursue peace or how he needs to bless in the middle of this evil. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is this passage is saying, brother, maybe you should ask Jesus how to do it. And a cool thing, if, if, if maybe one day we could maybe even invite him to share some of this story. He is pursuing peace. He is pursuing love and blessing in the middle of all that evil, even the ups and downs, the roller coaster emotions, all of that. I don't think we could tell each other how, but I do think it's okay for us to say, hey, brother, hey, sister, how's that coming? <laughs> Are you trying to figure it out? And so let's, ad let's admit that we're not naturally wired to this, to be this type of people. And uh, let's be honest, we also root for it. The, the instant karma videos, we laugh at them. We're like, yeah, when somebody gets what they deserve, kind of like it, you know. And there's even worse ones out there. I didn't show those. You know what I'm talking about where, you know, someone's picking on somebody and then just they get blasted, they get smashed. And you're kind of like, yep, I like it. 
something about it I like. We don't want to be this type of people. Like, we don't want to be this type of church, these type of microchurches. We resist, if you go look at the passage, you know, we resist the like-mindedness. We, we only have sympathy for those who are sympathetic to me. I only love those who love me. I'm only compassionate and humble if you are those things to me. We insult, or at least imagine insulting. We do evil and we withhold blessing. And we do not pursue peace. And the only reason to be any of this stuff is because the Bible says so. I mean, seriously. It costs us. We will lose our lives obeying this passage. You will lose your honor, your glory, your money, your van, your place in line, whatever it is, you will lose. The stories tend to end badly. Stuff's gone. Relationships are hurt. And we want resolution on this side of eternity. The truth is, your van's gone. That's how it is. The end. And what's crazy is, what if, what if it's the people you love? What if it's the people in your microchurch? You've poured your life out for them. You've given them everything. You've wept for them in prayer. Jesus, come save them. Use me. I've poured out my life like a drink offering. And they turn around and take your crap, stab you in the back, and remove your kidneys. Right? But you got two, so it's cool. <laughs> it's okay. I will, I will love you. I'm called you. I'll pray for you. I'll, I'll cry over you. I'll give my life to you. But if you steal from me, if you slander me, if you lie about me, you will incur my wrath. That's our natural reaction. In our flesh, that's how we operate. We operate like little sons and daughters of Babylon. And Jesus is calling us out of Babylon. My elected exiles, come out of Babylon. Come out and be like me. Enter the kingdom culture. None of us are this passage. Worship team, you go ahead and come on up. So I think we need to pray. I think we're infected with the way of the world, the way of violence, the way of Babylon, karma instead of grace. And I could talk a lot more about all these details, but I think we need to actually ask Jesus to change us, to give us new imaginations, to stop fantasizing about insulting people and how we might get them and start fantasizing about how we might bless them. Redeemed imaginations. I think we need to pray. I think we need the Holy Spirit to convict us that we don't operate in the way of the kingdom. That we do return insult for insult. I think we need Jesus to expose the ways that we just live an insulting life. We're ready. It's on the tip of our tongue. And we need Jesus to rewire our mouths to speak his very words over a broken and dying world. And I think we need to pray because we don't even know how to pursue peace in the way of Jesus. So I think we need the Spirit, guys, to illuminate an area of life, a situation of person. We're going to basically start singing some songs. 
And we want to make this a bit of like an encounter time. Because at the same time, I could, I, we could talk more. We could do some more theology. I, I could get the whiteboard back out. We could do some diagrams. At the end of the day, we have to sit before a God who has blessed us and loved us and called us and said, you are my special possession and you are my people and you have received my mercy. And we have to sit before that God and say, God, I actually don't want to do any of that for any of these people. And we have to admit that before his mercy. We must come to him today. And so we're going to start playing some music and some background, and I'm just, we're just going to lead you through kind of a series of prayer times, imagination times. And the whole space is designed for us to look at Jesus, his way in this passage. You say, Jesus, would your way become our way, my way, at work, at school, in my family, in the middle of this conflict? on Facebook, whatever it is, the Spirit will illuminate something. He'll point out something and say, yep, that's the thing. I'm calling you into my righteousness in this area. I'm calling you into my grace to interrupt karma with grace here. Go ahead and just kind of bow your heads. We just need Jesus at the end of the day. God, we need you right now. We need you. There's ways that we're resisting your way. We've become too familiar with how to insult each other and how to repay evil for evil. And we don't even ask for help on how to bless. We're not even looking for your ways of peace, God. But would you bring to our hearts and minds an area, a situation of our lives that just don't look like you. It looks like Babylon. God, is it a person? We're just going to make this space. It's, this is your space, guys. Ask Jesus, God, would you expose this place in my life right now? We need you, God. We need you to expose us.